Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680 CJOB. Good morning, and we begin with the game tonight. 5.30 pregame here on CJOB, 7.30 kickoff. Wade Miller, the president and CEO of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers joins us on the phone now. And wait, I, I won't make a big deal out of this, but happy birthday. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll yeah. get a big win tonight, and that's just will be perfect. Wouldn't that be nice, eh? I'm curious to know, you know, everybody's talking about the Bombers three-peating, and, and our question of the day relates to this. I don't want to jinx anything, but are you? do you look ahead at all like that as the president and CEO of the Bombers, or are you more like Coach O'Shea, game at a time? Well, a game at a time, but uh, our job is to win champion, uh, win a championship every year. So there's one of nine teams that do that every year, and we plan on doing it this year, and that's our goal every year. So, um, you know, the 2022 team is, is focused on uh, winning this game and then win the next and get the opportunity to play in the Grey Cup and win that. So uh, that will be our focus throughout the year is one game at a time, and that's what you need to do to be successful. Can you tell us at all about uh, tonight's unveiling of the banner, the Great Cup banner, the latest Great Cup banner, or are you keeping all that a secret for the fans? No, no. Just, uh, yeah, make sure you're in your seats at 730. Uh, the Princess Auto uh, uh, pregame tailgate area is back in full force, which opens at 530 with um, your $5 beer specials from Molson Coors and uh, Pepsi uh, soft drinks and hot dogs for 350 uh, to kick off and then make sure you're in your seats at three, uh, 7.30 for a quick, uh, not a quick, but a banner unveiling and uh, light off some uh, fireworks and then it's time to play some football and uh, get this uh, season kicked off. Nice. You know, um, it, it really is, you know, obviously we're excited to have the Bomber games here on CGOB. A lot of people listen in. I think a lot of people uh, listen in uh at at the game but you really want to be there and boy it's going to be around 24 degrees at kickoff tonight it's going to be perfect to be at igf yeah it's a perfect night at ig field uh you know we we seem to luck out with the weather it was a great for the uh preseason game and this home opener shaping up to be a a great night and uh you know there's still great tickets available and uh, it's going to be a great crowd and you know the stadium really lends itself to you know, if you're coming with your family, there's, you know, Pepsi friends and family, and it's under $100 for a family of four to go to the game, um, tickets, food, and your parking. Or, you know, if you, on the other side of it, if you want to be by the Rum Hut in the North End, there's a Jim Beam social pass. That's your entry into the stadium if you don't plan on sitting in a seat. You know, there you so go. There's, there's everything in between, and... Uh, you know, we just have such a great fan base, and I know that our players are so excited to, uh, you know, come out and play in front of the best uh, best fans in the CFL and the loudest fans. And, uh, you know, we need to make sure that uh, we're ready to go, and the fans are uh, a big part of this, and we want to hear how loud they are tonight. And, uh, you know, make sure that, um, you know, Lapo's return to Winnipeg uh, isn't very uh, welcoming. Yes, right, exactly. I think a lot of people are looking forward to that, for sure. Um, It must feel good, you know, after two years of a pandemic uh, and a labor issue at the start of this season to be on track, hopefully, for that three-peat. It must feel really good after all the adversity and challenges. 
it feels great to be kicking off the season on time, get our fans back, uh, getting back to normal, um, you know, and, and just, you know, we need this as a province and city, as a country. Uh, and, you know, we can see it. You can feel the excitement in the community and, uh, you know, seeing fans back in the pregame tailgate area before the games is, you know, in the kids area, seeing them back on the, you know, big inflatables and all the different things that are out there for kids and, and for the adults is uh, just great to see and to be a part of. Mentioned it's your birthday. I think for me, anyhow, wait on birthdays. I often look ahead to what I want to do in the future, but I often look back and I wonder if, uh, you know, uh, Wade Miller, number 34 on the field, ever thought, you know what, I, I want to run this thing one day. Was that ever president and CEO? Was that ever in your sights as a player? No, I was quite happy what I was doing uh, before I, I took on this opportunity and, uh, uh, you know, have some great uh, businesses in the city and, uh, you know, proud of proud of those other businesses and uh, just have great people that are, are running those every day now for me so I can take on this opportunity and, uh, and uh, you know, live out a dream being involved with the football club at a different level, uh, you know, 11 years as a player and now in the role I'm in now is just fantastic and enjoy every day of it and, uh, you know, the 10 times a year where fans come to IG Field is is what's really special and we have such an amazing team off the field here too and that game day experience is second to none um, in North America not just the CFL and uh, you know we look forward to seeing our fans here and you know they the um, you know big skip the dishes uh, bacon uh, bomber dog today is a special and mm. uh, gray cup merchandise is 15% off <clears throat> for all the fans and 25 for season ticket members in the stadium tonight um there's a special uh commemorative t-shirt tonight that has an image of two rings on it limited edition will be one time at the game sold to the, today and at the cool. game uh yeah it looks really cool it says back to back on it and uh so yeah a ton of things going on and just mm-hmm. would be great and a great halftime show with uh, some ultimate frisbee frisbee dogs which are uh an unbelievable uh unbelievable show what these dogs are capable of doing so yeah those dogs are, are amazing that they, they, they don't you wish sometimes that you know when you have a bad game and you know the bombers haven't had a lot of bad games but when you have a bad game sometimes you wish it, wish they would perform like those dogs do i've seen those dog shows and and they really mm-hmm. uh, truly are amazing you know what i think is kind of cool wade is uh <clears throat> you know as a player you didn't win a Grey Cup, and we're going to talk to Troy Westwood later on. Uh, he obviously did not win a Grey Cup. And here as the president and CEO of the Bombers, you're getting a chance to be a part of a Grey Cup winning team. I mean, we, we all are as fans, but I think that's pretty cool, right? Doug Brown is part of our broadcast. We're going to hear from Doug later on today. All these great players that didn't get the chance that you're now getting maybe to do it three times. Well, what you said is is what it is. It's about the players, and you know, seeing <clears throat> seeing those players in 2019 and seeing those players in 2021 celebrate uh, for the Grey Cup makes all the work, um, you know, that goes into that uh, special because it's for those players in the locker room, and mm-hmm. and for our fans. Like that's what it's about, um, and it's, you know. That that's what keeps you, you know, driving to say, you know, the 2022 team needs to feel that too. Um, you know, it, it's so special for players, coaches, 
and, and our fans. And, and it's so cool to see and, and be a part of. And so why wouldn't you want to make it three? Right. Yeah. So for sure. Um, Here's hoping. West, Westwood and I and Doug Brown all played in that same Grey Cup, where we didn't win that. So yeah. we know the feeling of that. And uh, I'm going to tell you, from not being a player but being involved in it, it's sure much nicer to be on the right <laughs> side of that uh, win at the end of that Grey Cup game. And uh, you know, so good for our city, so good for our fans and Agreed. for our players. It's uh, you know, especially coming out of the pandemic and. And, you know, that 2021 team was so resilient, fought through, you know, real tough COVID protocols, stayed healthy, took care of each other, and made sure they were all playing every game. And, uh, you know, heck of a heck of a season. And now it's time to come back and do it again in 2022 with uh, every other team knowing who they got to beat. Right. Well, I think so. the other teams are, are figuring the Bombers are the ones they're going to have to beat. I, I don't want to jinx it, but I feel real good about a three-peat. All the best, Wade. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Have a great day. Wade Miller, President and CEO of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Hopefully you can be at IG Field tonight. Now, if for some reason you can't or you're there and you want to listen to DT on OB, Derek Taylor and and Doug Brown and Ed Tate and Greg Mackley and our whole broadcast team, 5.30 pregame show here on CGOB, 7.30 kickoff. And as Wade said, make sure you're in your seats early ahead of that kickoff at 7.30 because they will unveil that Grey Cup banner we begin the second hour here with troy westwood bomber great troy good morning what's shaking my pal hal good to talk to you man do you think the bombers can three-peat it's our question of the day at cjob.com we don't want to jinx things but you really have to think the bombers out of all the teams in the cfl have the best chance to win and that would be a three-peat Hell yeah is the answer to that question, my friend. I, I was, uh, I've been wondering for for a good month here just how much fun are the boys having at training camp, right? Like walking around, starting around, chest out, just full of like being back-to-back champs. I just can't imagine. The training camp is, you know, there's a lot of hard work for the, all the guys that aren't kickers, but there's a lot of fun there too, right, with the camaraderie coming back. And even though they endured a strike and all that sort of, sort of BS, but just being in camp as back-to-back champs with looking out, you know, into the into the landscape with back-to-back-to-back, almost on a silver platter for you by all indications, oh my goodness, I think they have a great opportunity in front of them. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it's hard to imagine that they won't do it, but you got to play the games. You never know. I had Wade Miller on an hour ago at the start of my show. Wade was on Birthday Boy today, and I asked him about being able to say we won two great cups now as the head of that organization and not being able to do it as a player. And your name came up. Doug Brown's name came up, right? Other players like him that were not able to hoist the cup as a player. And at least he's getting, you know, as president and CEO to be a part of that now. Now you are as well as I am, but we're fans. Do you ever look back and go, oh, man, we came so close, but we didn't do it? Well, funny enough, I'm sitting right beside Wade in his hot tub right now, and we're just enjoying the day. But, uh, <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't, I, I just hate, I don't like that mindset. So, like, they'll all shoulda, woulda, couldas and stuff. And I've talked about this, and I know people will think right away if I'm talking, oh, Westbridge, you idiot, you blew the old one cup. 
I mean, we went to four cups when I played. We had a yeah. great chance to win at two of them for sure and should have, but didn't. But, you know, that whole hindsight being, I like to rip the rearview mirror off of my life vehicle, you know? <laughs> I'm not yeah. looking over my shoulder and dreading right. and regretting. I, I, I and we, and like you said, man, there is a generation or two of Blue Bombers, like losers like Doug Brown and Milt Stiegel, yada, 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 walk around with no great <laughs> cup ring, names not on the cup, but... I tell you this, brother, I was in that room for 18 years. Every single player and coach put everything they had into trying to capture that ultimate goal, and we just didn't. But I tell you, and I remember distinctly when they finally won it, and I I had a couple tears run down my face and seeing what what it did to the fans to end that drought, right? And so now now the drought seems like it's 100 years ago, and Mm. we're like back-to-back – you know, just flipping the bird basically to the rest of the CFL, and we got the Canadian Mafia running the show. It just just <laughs> being on top of the mountain, like Dave Ritchie used to say, right, is yeah. a good place to be. Yeah. Was Dave Ritchie your favorite coach? I I, I don't want to you know upset any other coaches. You had many of them, but was he your favorite? Because I'll be honest with you, I love O'Shea. They've all I've loved all of them in one way or another, but nobody was like he talked in riddles he for a guy like me in the media talking football he was the best yeah he was he was the if he was kind of like a grandfather figure to me i just loved him and mike like you said right he wasn't the greatest orator like he might have been on the opposite end of the spectrum from a a jeff reinbold right who was exceptionally well spoken and could capture a room and then coach Ritchie, when he started rumbling and bumbling and stuff like it was like a snowball going downhill and all of a sudden he'd be saying words that didn't make any sense and he yeah. but everybody was ready to go and walk through a wall for him i you know i i don't know if i know it it would be a combo of of coach Ritchie and even jeff reinbold like you know never ever will forget we're zero and 10 bob and i are kneeling beside the field and he looks to me one day and says can you imagine how much fun this would be if we if we were winning like the guys were still totally yeah. dialed in and loving playing for the guy, but we just didn't win. And then, of course, there's Cal, right? So when I showed up, it's it's freaking Cal Murphy. Yes, sir. No, sir. Like, I mm-hmm. love the intensity of being around Cal and playing for him. So probably one of those three guys. And then, of course, the reason why I got my scholarship in college was because of Urban Bowman, who was an assistant coach and a head coach for a long time. So seeing him get the chance to be a head coach is really cool, too. But all those, all the coaches I ever had, um, except for one that people would probably recall <laughs> that stands out as just really good guys and guys that I loved yeah. being around and was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you talk about uh, the fans and how the fans felt when that drought ended finally, and now here we are. You know, feeling really good about doing it for a third and, and not even a third time in five or six years or ten years. You know, a third time in in three consecutive seasons. And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here. We got two. That's great. But you can't help but but look ahead. You talked about how the fans felt when the drought ended. You played for, as you said, almost two decades. Uh, you know, when you didn't win those cups. It, I, I, you tell me, but I don't think you were upset about not winning for you necessarily, but for the fans. Am I right about that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good answer. Good that, answer. Yeah. And that's 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 another funny thing. I remember late in the like we were in there in '07. The whole storyline was let's go win one for Milt. I was like, win one for Milt. <laughs> what about me? me and our team? <laughs> <laughs> You know, great, let's get one for Milt, but there's like five, six guys here that 
have been around for a long time that are trying to get there first as well. But, but yeah, uh, so, yeah. I, but I get what you're saying though, right? Because you yeah. go on the community to share that with the community. Right. Oh, that must be fun. And of course, the old boys that I played with, right? The Wallabies, Blackies, Bowers, and everybody mm. at McNeil, all those old boys that uh, had a couple under their belt there. They know what that felt like, but I was, so I kind of came, like I was arriving, like people would say Westwood's the curse, right? Because I arrive in 91, which is the start of the drought, and then exit right at the end of the drought. But yeah, sharing it with the community, like you could probably take the feeling of sharing it with the community, times it by 100, and that's what it's like feeling it with guys, with your brothers in arms, right? The guys that you're in there and, and doing all the prep and all the battle and the bleeding and sweating and all that sort of stuff <laughs> to go win it. So, yeah, it's, it, it would be a real cool thing to share with the community. Oh, Westy, you're a piece of work. I'm telling you, the only guy ever in my almost 40-year radio career to streak through the studio while I was live on the air. That actually did truly happen. And maybe one day when I write the book, uh, I'll tell the I'll tell the whole story. I, but listen, in order to be considered a dynasty, we've got to win this, right? I mean, this would this would put us in the book in the CFL book with other teams that have been dynasties. That's a great point, my pal Hal, and and I totally a hundred percent agree. Right now, you've got a great team that has accomplished something spectacular in back to back. But if you can go right to back to back to back, then there's no question whatsoever that that's a long enough time frame of domination to be dynastic without any question. You can call me MPH. I appreciate my pal Hal, but you can call me MPH as my <laughs> as my pal BJ Burke right. used to on on Power Mornings. Buddy, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it and uh, and always fun talking to you. Have a bunch of fun today, my friend. Great talking to you. Joining us now, back in the mix, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Cyrus, good morning. Good morning, Hal. You have some good ones again, some things that I'm interested to hear about. First headline for Dr. Cyrus, and by the way, his website is drcyrus.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com. How anxiety gets out of control. Yes. Uh, well, one of the things about anxiety, this is one way that it gets out of control. Maybe I'll put that caveat in there. One way that it gets out of control, a common way, is when people uh, don't want to have anxiety, when they, when they feel like it's just not okay to experience the feeling of anxiety. So what typically happens is you have that initial feeling, you have that your heart racing or your sweaty palms, or you just kind of have an internal experience of worry. And then you have this feeling like, hmm, this isn't okay. This is getting out of control. And you start to get anxious about your anxiety. And this is often when things actually get really bad for people because then it starts to create a cycle where they're anxious about their anxiety and then that produces more anxiety and then they're even more anxious about their anxiety and now you're in a spiral and uh, and you start to feel even worse. I'll give you an example just from even diagnostics. Like people come in and they've had a panic attack and panic attacks actually are not a disorder. We have panic attacks. You, when you have a roller coaster, when you're running from a bear, that's uh, those are kind of appropriate physiological responses and people can have panic attacks and even when they're out of the blue and you know just at the grocery store or something like that and people don't know why even that is not a disorder it's when people feel anxious about their panic that Mm. it all of a sudden becomes panic disorder Uh, and so one of the first things that we do is just try to help people to accept the fact that sometimes they're going to be anxious sometimes they might even have a panic attack that comes out of the blue and try to be able to cope with that without kind of making it worse uh, and oftentimes when I ask people, if you were able to take away your anxiety about the anxiety itself, 
you know, if you were just able to accept the fact that you have anxiety, how much better would this be? And they're often like, well, maybe 50% or more. That, that's how much my distress would be less yeah. if I just accepted it. So that's often our first goal. Hmm. And uh, do you think anxiety increases with age or does it depend on the person? Because I know with me, I am much more anxious at my age now than I've ever been. I think it's gotten worse for me. Not that it's horrible, but my level of anxiety is definitely higher. I remember being surprised early in my practice with people who were, uh, you know, older uh, coming in, uh, you know, they're not in their teenage years, they're not in their early 20s, and they're having anxiety in a new way for the first time in their life. And I remember kind of being a little bit, you know, surprised by that and confused by that. Um, Now, sometimes, which is even more surprising to me, people uh, can get into their 30s and 40s and not and have an anxiety disorder that they didn't even realize they had. Um, They didn't realize it was anxiety. And so that's something that's real. One of the ways that I look at that is like it's avoidance. But yes, I mean, to go back to your question here, yes, people come in at all ages having an experience, either just realizing that it's anxiety or experiencing it for the first time. And, um, and so that's something to be aware of, something to watch out for. Often it's because of something in their life, so they've been kind of pushing the gas pedal too hard for too long. And all of a sudden their body's just yeah. like, mm, it's not working. Yeah, you would think as you get older, you're supposed to have less to wor- less to worry about, not more. But anyhow, um, next headline: Modern life changes the brain. That's the first part of the headline. So, how does it change the brain? And the second part is: Here's how to change it. So, how does it change the brain, and and how do you, I guess, change it back? Well, I mean, people experience stress, and you know, we're all going to experience stress at different times. And usually, when what they're really talking about here is like chronic stress. When we when you're experiencing modern life, the number of decisions you need to make, the, the, the pace that you need to move at, and, and some of those coping factors that we have, like <clears throat> connection with nature or, or things like that, are, are not as available. And so people get into this bad spot where they're experiencing chronic stress. And when you experience that, you have certain signs. Uh, and they give some here, which are nice, I think, uh, like difficulty maintaining attention, uh, you know, forgetting words or forgetting small things, things that are kind of abnormal for you to forget. Uh, difficulty with multitasking and difficulty with managing, uh, like just having emotions kind of slip out uh, in a way that you wouldn't want them to. So these are kind of executive functioning. These are, you know, things that the front part of your brain is doing. And if, and if it's not able to do it, these are the kinds of things that you have trouble with. You have trouble organizing your life, uh, having trouble thinking things through like that. Your heart can still beat. You know, you're, you're still breathing, um, um, but you're just, you're the front part is kind of having problems keeping up. And then they say, yeah, you, you'd ask about like what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And these are kind of old things. These are things to go back to that are, you know, maybe not as available anymore, but that, that are kind of part of the regular part of uh, people's lives years ago, you know, like doing something with your hands. Uh, I actually like to sketch, I found recently, and I've been doing that more, you know, engaging with your senses in life, thinking about wow, what you're feeling with what your body is experiencing in the moment. Uh, actually talking to other people, you know, in a, in a relaxed way, um, you know, reading a book uh, and enjoying it, um, doing kind of mindfulness exercises like meditation or something like that. Those are the kind, you know, just slowing down and yeah. giving that front part of your brain a break, really. Hmm. Hey, I'll give you one that uh, I read about and I tried it and it works. For whatever reason, hmm. sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll, uh, the, the best word I can describe it is uh, I feel anxious. And I read about this, and I tried it, and it works. Go get a, an ice cube out of the freezer, put it in your hand, 
and just kind of move it around in your hand until that ice cube melts. And it eases mm. the anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Uh, I really like that one. That's one that often uh, you know, we recommend for people who are experiencing a really strong emotion, that they're, that they're having trouble getting away. It's very distracting. But it doesn't distract you in a way that brings you into like a video game or into yeah. a television. It kind of it, it slows your brain down to kind of focus on your senses. It's kind of like here and now I'm experiencing this in my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a yeah. cold shower or something like that. Yeah, right. That's a great one. Just kind of takes your mind. It it works. It really does work. And I was so happy when I found that. And then it worked. It it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, a final headline for Dr. Cyrus. Why do we find it so hard to ask for help? I don't think we're all like this, but many of us are like this. Well, I'm sure there's people out there probably who ask for help too much, but uh, who just have, need to kind of work on doing things for themselves. But many, many, many people out there, yes, do have trouble. And it's we have this difference in the way that we perceive others and the way that we perceive ourselves and and how we um, how we interact in that way. And, and like when we usually when we help other people, we experience good things. We might have some annoyance or like disruption in our lives because we're helping somebody else. And those can be momentary feelings that we focus on sometimes when we think about asking others for help, but in the end, we feel better. We feel more connected. Uh, we feel better about that person typically. Um, and we like to see the other person succeed without any compensation. We don't need pay. Uh, and so we need to remember that, that it's actually good for us and it helps us to connect with others. So asking people for help can actually help them to be connected to you. It's a way of making a friend, hmm. uh, not a way of pushing somebody away, but we often feel like we're a burden. We feel like we're going to make people feel badly. We feel like we're weak if we ask for help, and being weak is somehow bad. Um, when really it's strength, really it's a way of connecting with other people, making people feel needed, which they want. And then we make assumptions that just people aren't going to be able to do it. And uh, we kind of answer the question before they're even able to answer the question. We just say, oh, they're too busy, uh, and and they can't. Um, so often if you're asking for help, uh, it's a great way, like like giving presents is psychologically very simple. It's like if you give a present to somebody, you're going to feel good, generally. If you, um, but but uh, asking asking for help or receiving help can be complicated, um, and uh, it just makes us feel sometimes down or things like that. It makes us feel weak, and so working on your self esteem, you need self esteem in order to be able to ask for help, and so working on yourself and seeing yourself as being, you know, capable um, and and loving yourself. Are, are keys to being able to ask for help. So we need to work on who we are and our relationship with ourselves. Hopefully then it'll get easier. Cyrus, great to have you back. Thanks a lot. For sure, Hal. Thanks a lot.